Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Well, today is a little bit special because um, if you're a street photographer like me, mostly, uh, you probably don't do a whole lot of video, but I feel that once in a while, we need to at least use the video function on our phone, if not on our cameras. Uh, and I thought it'd be kind of nice to know some really basic stuff. And um, I have my friend Lee Herbert on the show from Melbourne, Australia. And Lee, Lee and I have been friends for a few years. He was actually on my um, Melbourne Street Photography Workshop at least a couple years ago, I can't remember now, but I'm definitely due for another visit down to to Australia. Hi, Lee, how are you? Uh, good, and yourself, Valerie? Yeah, it was actually two, almost two and a half years now. Is it? Really? Oh, gosh. See, time flies when you're having fun. You know, I've been traveling Absolutely. all over, and you started a family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So and, tell us. And, 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 and a business and bought a house. And if you ever have the chance to do all three in the same year, my advice is don't. That's right. Well, I kind of did. So I can totally relate. But you know, sometimes when you're on a, on a roll, you might as well just keep going. So yeah, get, get it all over and done with. That, that's right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lee. Um, so a little bit about myself. I um uh, the, 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 the way I describe myself sort of changes. Um, you know, some people might call me a videographer. Otherwise, we call me a filmmaker. I think the difference is a couple of zeros in my invoices uh, between <laughs> those two descriptions. Um, so I'll go with filmmaker because that adds the zeros. Okay. So I, I run a, a video production company uh, here in Melbourne. We do most, mostly sort of corporate uh, TV commercials, things like that. But I also do a lot of training because my background is in training. I worked for Apple for 10 years. As, a, as, as various different things, but mostly as a Final Cut Pro trainer. Um, so I'm very passionate about telling a visual story. And yeah, I suppose that's, that's in a nutshell what I'm, what I'm all about. Great. And, uh, and you, you do some street photography when you have a little bit of time. So I thought you'd be a, a, good, uh, a, a, be a good mix because I don't, think a I don't think street photographers in general get into video, but I think we kind of all have to know some basic stuff. So that's why I want to keep it kind of basic. First of all, my one question, I probably asked you that when we met um, in Australia. Does it help to be a good still photographer to go into video? I think I think I think it does from um, just from the point of view that, that you understand composition mm -hmm. because um, composition you know that that, that that stays mostly the same between video and and stills um, not always I'll, I'll, I always tell the same story so I'll bore you with it again. Um, I, I used to shoot weddings as, as a videographer and, and a friend of mine asked me to shoot a wedding to assist him shooting a wedding as a photographer. And I thought, yeah, cool, no problem. So um, he was at the bride's house. I was at the groom's house and I lifted my camera to my eye for the first shot that I was going to take. And what I normally did as a videographer, I wanted a little bit of movement in my shot. So I would stand sort of, I would frame my shot half behind a wall and half showing my subjects. And I would just use my hips to move from right to left or left to right to sort of get rid of a bit of the wall and it would reveal the subjects. And I lifted the camera to take that as a still shot. And I went, well, this is a rubbish photo because it's just half a wall. And... <laughs> 
I, I suddenly realized that comp- you know, whilst composition is the same for a lot of things, it can be a little bit different sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, but I think also understanding you know, what aperture is and shutter speed and all, all the technical stuff. I think that that's really important no matter what you're doing with the camera. Um, having said that, some things are different. So um, I don't want to get too techy, but I'll just go a little bit into some of the some of the techy details. So to begin with, I'll, I'll explain just a little bit about frame rate. So what frame rate so is when you shoot video, you're basically showing X amount of photos per second. So for example, in North America, um, you play TV is played at 30 frames per second and at, in pretty much the rest of the world, except for Japan, um, we play video at 25 frames per second. Now the difference between those two that really doesn't make much difference because unless you're going to TV, um, you know, it's not going to make any difference what you shoot at. So you don't even have to really check your camera to see whether you're doing 30 or 25. It doesn't make a difference. Where you do need to check, it's probably the most important setting for video with your camera is your shutter speed. And the reason for that is what movement looks like. So the rule of thumb is generally you set your shutter speed to double your frame rate. So if you're shooting at 25 or 30 frames per second, you would shoot at a 50th of a second with your shutter speed. And the reason for that is the human eye, we don't see things we don't see movement sort of as sharp, clear. We, we see a little bit of blur. Like, for example, if you looked at the, the rotor blades of a helicopter spinning, they, they're kind of blurry. You don't mm-hmm. see each blade perfectly clear like you would in a photo. So to get that natural blurriness, you set your shutter speed to double of your frame rate. Okay. Now, having said that, you can set it differently. So, for example, if you set a really slow shutter speed, you would get your movement to be extra blurry so if, just like when you're doing night photography if you do it slow shutter speed and you get those beautiful light streaks and so on now just be aware also most cameras um still cameras won't let you set a very low like you couldn't do a, a one second exposure with video because it needs to get to at least 25 frames every second mm-hmm. so you, you can't go slower than a 25th and when you go to a really high shutter speed, so if you went to like, you know, 500, a thousandth, something like that, everything would be really, really sharp in the movement, which is called staccato, but it would look really unnatural. Um, for example, the movie um, Saving Private Ryan was very famous for that. In their first scene where there's that really graphic scene of the landings on Normandy, that was shot at a really high shutter speed to give that kind of jaggedy kind of look to the movement and make the audience feel a bit discombobulated. Yeah. And, and, and it I adds tell you tension this, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It, it's sort of like, like if you don't know what they've done on a technical level, like it, it makes you uneasy and you're not yeah. sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so the rule is your shutter speed should be double your frame rate, but rules are made to be broken. So as long as you understand the rule mm-hmm. and if you want to have a different kind of look, play with your shutter speed, but as a general rule, double your frame rate and you're good to go. The other thing to look at with your aperture, you don't need to do anything special. You set it high, low, wide open, close down, whatever sort of look you want to go to. But because you generally aren't going to have a lot of wiggle room with your shutter, one bit of kit that you probably are going to want to look at if you're going to do a lot of video, particularly outside, is an ND filter or even better, a variable ND, which allows you to control the amount of light that you let into your camera because 
if you do want to shoot wide open and you can't go over a 50th with your shutter speed, you're going to be you know way overexposed. So you are going to want to add some ND when you're shooting video. So, I mean, it, this all makes sense to any photographer. So that, that part that, that part actually being a photographer makes it so much easier because you understand yeah. all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the next thing I want to talk about is when to move the camera and when to hold the camera still. And for that, I'd almost say that that's entirely up to you. Um, the reason why I bring it up is because a lot of people feel, and I know I for a very long time felt if, if it's video, the camera has to be moving. You know, you want to be panning from side to side or up and down or, you know, following someone and the camera always has to move. And what I've learned over time is that sometimes you want the camera to move and sometimes you don't. It's perfectly okay to just hold your camera as still as you can and let your subjects move within your frame. So if you're sitting you know, at a cafe on a corner, as I know you do, and just people watch, um, just the way that you might hold your camera up and just wait for someone to walk through that perfect moment, you would actually do the exact same thing with video, but you'd be recording the whole time and you just let your subjects move in and out of your frame. Okay, yeah. See, that's that's the one thing I feel like if I... <laughs> I, and I, I, as I said, I don't do video, but I I want to keep it as simple as possible. And I feel like if I'm not moving, that it's probably going to be a lot better, especially if I'm hand-holding. Um, yeah, and, and generally, I mean, you know, you want some sort of movement. So yeah. if you're not moving, let your subjects move within the frame. But yeah. if you're not moving and your subjects aren't moving, well, then <laughs> it's, it's a photo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not to say the photos are boring, but it's a boring video. Well, it's a boring video for sure. Uh, yeah, and um, is it better to have a fixed focal length lens or a zoom? Oh, that's 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 like starting a, a Nikon and Canon fight. Oh no! Um, <laughs> it's 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 entirely up to you. Um, I'm I'm a bit of a prime snob, so you know I I, I love my primes, and so you know I, I always say you know my feet are my zooms. Mm-hmm. But having said that, sometimes you do need a zoom. You know, I, I don't own just primes. I have zooms as well. Um, I'll give you an example. I'm So I've got a shoot next week for a very interesting product. It's um, – actually, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. So instead, I'll just say what the shoot is. I'm basically going out to shoot sheep, um, having various things done to them on a farm. And – I really don't want to get too close to that. So I'm definitely going to be using a zoom for that situation. So I think just like in photography, it comes down to your style and how you like to shoot. So yeah, between zooms and primes, entirely up to you, entirely up to the situation. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So I'd be okay with my prime lens on my camera as well as the iPhone, because that's having like having a prime lens, right? Absolutely. Well, yes. Um, although something I, I do love, I'm a bit of an addict to, I've got a couple of different lens systems for my um, iPhone. So for example, I've got the Oloclip, which I don't oh, know if you've heard of, yep, but that's a, yep. it's a cool little, little. you know, you get a, a macro and a wide and a zoom. Um, and I actually got sent um, another, actually a, a set of primes for the iPhone. I mean, it's pretty much the same as the Oloclip, but they are really cool uh, by a company called St- Stylus, so stylus, but with a Z at the beginning, okay. um, and they give that. So it's a, it's it's a wide and a and a, and a two times telly. Um, the wide, 
I must say, is probably one of the best wide-angle lenses I've ever seen for the iPhone. In terms of um, chromatic aberration and vignetting, it, it's hardly noticeable. So it's a really good wide. Like I, I use it a lot nowadays. Um, it's and it's sort of it, it, it's sort of it's a bit of a toss-up because it's a hassle to put it on and to take it off but you do get better shots. So, you know, yeah. you know, it's, it's like switching out primes all the time. But I mean, just going back to the primes thing, when I used to shoot weddings, um, I would shoot a wedding and 80% of the wedding I'd shoot on a 35 mil prime. Okay. So it's, 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 it's totally doable. Well, and another thing, the one thing that intimidates me the most is the editing part. And, yes. um, and I know just like, for new photographers, just going into Lightroom is very intimidating. When mm. once you know it, it's like it's it's second nature. And I'm pretty sure that it would be the same to do video. Uh, once you're familiar with the software, you know you do it with your eyes closed. Oh, well, maybe not, but almost. So, um, and it's probably just the not wanting to learn something new that stops me from doing video because the editing part just scares me. And, and I, I do a few, I do some video, um, for my YouTube channel and I have, uh, I have a, a, a videographer and, and he does the edit and I send that out to him and I may always do that. I don't really want to, um, to learn to do that part, you know, well enough that I'm going to publish it, but it'd be kind of nice to do some basic, maybe just from my iPhone, actually, um, if I'm doing some some quick clips or tutorials um, on the streets and I want to put them on YouTube so they look semi-professional, you know, from the iPhone. So what what are your tips for editing, whether I'm using, well, first, if I'm using my, my camera and for the phone? so um keep it simple uh, oh yeah yeah i'll, I'll keep it nice so, so my recommendation is actually the same for both um so if, if if you're using a mac um or if if you're in the apple world um imovie is your friend so imovie comes free on every mac and i think it's about four or five dollars for your iphone and your ipad mm-hmm. and um, to give you the, an idea of, of the power and the simplicity of it, I was doing a, I was co-hosting a photo walk for Fuji and 500px last year in September, I think, and I'd literally just bought my the iPhone six. Uh, the day before. So I was very excited about trying out 4K on it and, uh, you know, slow motion, all this stuff. So while the photo, photo walk was going on, I was running around just filming all these little clips of it. And the cool thing of technology these days is I then sat down during the drinks afterwards and edited the video on my phone. Wow. Which was pretty cool. And, and put it up. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, um, I'll have to check what my YouTube channel is. I think it's just Lee Herbert um, on YouTube. Uh, you'll actually be able to find that video. It's it's not, you know, to like, I wouldn't sell this to a client because my, my standards are very high. But for, you know, just filming on the day and just editing in half an hour, yeah. it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty cool what you can do. And iMovie is very, again, I think it's very intuitive, but, but everyone's got their own sort of look and feel. You might kind of open up and go, Oh, what do I do now? Um, there's lots of, um, you know, tutorials on YouTube and on the internet. And I think Apple's got some, some tutorial stuff on their website as well to, to really just get started with the basics. And for people who are not, 
necessarily wanted to get very serious into video editing iMovie on your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, definitely the way to go. Um, a really cool feature that they used to have and then they took away and now they've brought back is you can actually start editing something on your iPhone in iMovie, transfer it to your Mac, carry on working on it in iMovie on your Mac because the Mac version of iMovie has got a few more extra features. Sure. And for people like myself, I can actually put together a rough edit in iMovie and then I can actually send it from iMovie to Final Cut Pro and then get really into some serious editing. So the, if, if you want to get started really basic, it's right there. And if, let's say, a year or two down the track, you decide, right, I want to get seriously into this, you can actually take all of those projects you've worked on mm-hmm. and just go, you know, send to Final Cut and everything that you've done is already in there and you can start doing the more complicated stuff. Okay. The what? other thing. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead because I there are probably other other options and and maybe we'll uh, we'll definitely link and then maybe you can send me that link to that video so that one can see what they can do in thirty minutes. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> At the and, bar um, after the photo walk. <laughs> and and another thing that I'll say is in terms of learning how to edit. I mean that that you know that takes decades for some people. Um, but if, if just to give you a couple of basics, and, and this is, I run workshops teaching photographers how to move into video. So this is one of the first things that I talk about in my workshop is I'll say to a photographer, right, pick up the camera and film me walking through the door. And normally what they'll do is they'll pick up the cameras, push the record button, and they'll just follow me as I go through the door, which is as a photographer, normally they're used to capturing everything in a single frame. So they think like that. But with video, if you think about it, because you can cut between different frames, you can have multiple frames to tell your story. So the way I would do it is I would start with a wide profile shot just with the camera not moving and the person walking into the frame. Then I would cut to a medium shot over the person's shoulder as they grab the handle. Then I would cut to a close-up shot of the door handle on the other side as it closes, then cut to another shot as they walk through and so on and so forth. So, I mean, if you're just doing street video, you don't have time to say to people, hey, just walk through that door three times so I can get different (laughs) angles. But you kind of get what I'm saying. So I remember, Valerie, you know, something that you taught us in your workshop was if you want to tell a story, you want to get, you know, you sort of start wide Mm -hmm. and then you go to a medium and then you go to a close up to tell the narrative of what's going on. You want the wide to establish where you are and then you go in closer for the story and video works pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, and I, I, I get that. It's just, like, making those cuts that would just, that make me nervous. <laughs> it's like, when, when do you know? How long do they have to be? And, you know, that's the well, thing. Well, that's, you know, I mean, for, for that, it's go with what makes sense to you. It's, yeah. you know, it, and, and, I mean, we all want tv we all watch movies and without even realizing it we've got a sense of this like i'll, I'll give you an example in fact in fact next week is one of my favorite weeks of the whole year i two two or three weeks a year i get to teach at a high school well i don't get to teach at a high school but i'll get to work at a high school and how this started was originally i was brought in just to teach some final cut to the media class and 
the teacher said to me, hey, could you come in for a couple of hours when the students are working on their final projects and just help them with some technical stuff when it comes to editing, you know, like fix the audio, fix the exposure, things like that. But what actually ended up happening was I was sitting down with them and I was giving them like almost direction in terms of, oh, well, you know, if you just cut the last three seconds off of that shot, you see how it makes the story flow a bit better. And if we take this scene and move it to the beginning and move that one to the end, the story makes more sense. And what I loved about it was I didn't realize I knew all this stuff. You know, I sort of subconsciously, I knew all this visual language of film without consciously knowing that I knew it. So I think a lot of us actually, we, we know that. And once we start doing it, and I always say to people with video and with anything, the best way to learn how to do it is start doing it. Yeah, it's true. And we've all been exposed to to film since, you know, childhood. So, um, yeah. yeah, we have all this knowledge that's stored, visual knowledge, visual storytelling that is stored and that uh, will probably just come out when we need it. <laughs> I mean, just and, like and for photography. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and a great way to pra- a great way to practice is think about commercials that you really liked mm-hmm. because commercials like they've got to tell a whole uh, they've t- got to tell at least one story in fifteen to thirty seconds. Yeah, that's true. So if you want to learn how to tell a story really quickly, watch commercials and 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 watch the commercials that speak to you and sort of. I mean, I don't know how deep you want to go into this because you probably don't want to be as nerdy as me, but sort of sit down and analyze like, okay, well, how long did they show that? How long did they show that? What angle did they use? All this kind of stuff. Um, One of the best bits of advice I think I ever got, um, and and we'll, we'll talk a bit more about this with audio, is watch TV without any sound and see if what you're watching still holds your attention because sound is very, very important and it, and it works on a really good subconscious level to keep you engaged. And if someone can keep you engaged in a movie without you being able to listen to it, that's been really well edited and shot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Okay, well, tell me a, a few words about 4K because honestly, <laughs> it's very vague to me. Okay, so so 4K, to, to explain it really simply, 4K is basically just resolution. Um, so 4K is, and I'm probably going to get this wrong because I'm really bad with numbers, but it's 3.8, well, there's two versions of 4K. There's the 4K that you see on TV and the 4K that you see in cinema, and the only real difference is that the 4K on TV is 3.896 by 2.160, I think, and the 4K in cinema is 4... 1086-ish by 219, by 2160. Okay. So it, it's basically just resolution. And it's around, I think that's around eight megapixels if you okay. were talking in terms of cameras. Um, and why that's really fancy is that HD is 1920 by 1080. Okay. So 4K, you can basically get four screens of HD in a single 4K image. Oh, okay. See, so, no so, one has so, ever so explained that to me that way. So now it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so that's all 4K is. It's, it's a higher resolution video. Okay. The reason why people are really excited about it is that, you know, more resolution. It's, it's, like the, it's almost like with video, we're only catching up to the megapixel war now. Um, but the challenge is, if you think about it, if you had, if you're trying to play back 
four times as much information, 25 times every second, that means your computer's got to be more powerful. It means your hard drives have to be a lot bigger. And I mean, even from a professional perspective, if you think about think about it, I don't think any TV stations have gone 4K yet. Okay. Pretty much the only places you can get 4K at the moment are YouTube um, and Netflix. And those oh. are the only two that I can think of. Okay. So in terms of stuff being delivered in 4K, there's very few places that you can actually watch 4K yet. Okay. So does so, it even make sense to have devices that shoot 4K? Um, it, it looks good on a spec sheet. <laughs> okay. So it's not it's, something I really need to worry about. No, nah, not at all. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it really like, like even on a professional level, I've had maybe two jobs in the last year where the client has even asked for 4k and quite frankly, in both the situations, they didn't even need that. Okay. So it's, it's coming. It's great to have, um, a lot of my personal projects I shoot in 4K because um, it gives me more options, like a more resolution is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm sort of thinking long term, like I'm working on a documentary at the moment that I started filming about a month ago, and I'm probably going to be working on this documentary for about two years. So by the time I finish this documentary, 4K will be the standard probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you want to sort of future-proof yourself, shoot 4K. Um, but very, I mean, very, very few DSLRs shoot 4K. Um, most phones do. But so, yeah, if, 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 you, if you want to shoot 4K, go for it. But you really don't need to. Okay. And for me, I mean, when I think video, I, I think iPhone. So uh, that's really what I'm going to stick with. Uh, my cameras, I mean, I, they all do video. But I'm not even going to go there. My camera for me, it's just uh, it's for still photography only but um i think we have such powerful uh, devices in our in the in our hands all the time that um and that brings the subject of sound because like if i want to do a um a video clip you know like i'm talking i'm 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 doing uh, for example i'm on the streets and i want to do a quick video tutorial that I'm going to put on YouTube mm-hmm. while I'm shooting on the street. And, and it, what the sound is not going to be very good, especially if I have the, the street sound. So what can I do to get the best sound out of my iPhone or, or camera? I suppose it's going to be the same, but what do I do? So the easiest thing to remember about sound is that the best way, good sound is to get the microphone as close as possible to the source of the sound Mm -hmm. so if you don't have any microphones other than just the microphone on your iphone um you're going to want to shoot as tight as possible and get the get get the camera as close as possible to get the best audio if there's any way whatsoever to not use the microphone on your camera, and this is iPhone or DSLR or even mirrorless, that's also a really good option because generally the microphones on these devices are a bit rubbish. Yeah. So what's my option? So, what do I get? What do I buy? So so there's a couple of cool things. Um, I use microphones from a good Aussie company called Rode Microphones. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very well known in the industry. And they actually make a cool little video microphone for smartphones. Okay. 
So this is a, it's called the Video Mic Me, and we'll I'll, I'll give you all links for stuff for all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's about maybe eighty or a hundred dollars, so it's not that expensive. And this is probably the best option if you're just running around and you don't want to mess around with too much gear. So basically, you just plug it into the headphone jack on your iPhone, and you know, it points at whatever you're doing. And, and it's, in fact, I'm looking at their website now and the image that they have, I was wondering why is the microphone pointed at the person holding the phone, but obviously they're doing like a vlog, something like that. Okay, so for yeah. that kind of stuff, it's perfect. It's, it's sort of designed for that. And, and how this microphone works is, I believe it's a shotgun mic. And what that does is it sort of tries to capture like a cone of sound in front of it so it's going to try and block out all the sound coming from the side and it's going to try and get just the sound that's coming in front now obviously you'll get a little bit of sound of what's going around you which is all right especially if you're on the street yeah but it's going to be much better than just using you know the built-in microphone if you can and if you have this option um the best situation in this particular if you're doing it to yourself is to guess what's called a lavalier mic or a lav mic yeah and you would have seen these on tv a lot it's that little microphone that they clip onto the person's shirt yep and but so i can get that from my iphone would it be wireless or does it have to be connected to the phone so um both are available the wireless options are pretty pricey so you're looking at you know two three four hundred dollars and and it's 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 quite i mean it's like twice the size of your phone like the receiver and the sender both the size of your phone yeah. so it, it you know it's not really if you're just doing sort of iphone stuff it's not ideal um but again, the lovely people at Rode make a thing called the Smart Lav Plus, which is a lav mic designed for smartphones. It's not wireless, um, but you could do two options. Number one, you could just get a really long cable and make sure you tape it down so someone doesn't trip over it. Or alternatively, um, I've done this a couple of times when I used to use the Rode Lav, is I've got an iPod Touch. And so I would plug the microphone into the iPod Touch, clip it on the person I was filming, put the iPod Touch in the person's back pocket, hit record, and then go stand and film with my iPhone. So it is two devices, and you do have to sort of marry those two up together when you edit it. Um, Oh, so they do – so, okay. (laughs) Now, again, that would give me anxiety because then I have to match two things together. So do you need to do all the clapping and all that stuff? Yes, but it's just one clap. So, so for those who aren't sure, I'm, I'm gl- see, you know stuff. Don't say you well, because know stuff. I, well, I was just doing video yesterday with a friend, um, and uh, yeah, so I had the I had the little microphone. I had the thing in my back pocket, but he was he's going to be in charge of putting all this together. So I never have to worry about that part. He just tells me, okay, clap when you're ready, and I do. But yeah, so 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 the reason why you clap is that when you in, in the sort of more fancier. Um, video editing applications that you get when you look at audio you see it as a waveform so you look at it 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 looks like you know sort of squiggly lines and so when you clap that's a very loud noise and you'll see a spike in the audio form so you'll see that spike on the audio of the video and you'll see the spike on the audio of the microphone track and it's easy to line those two up okay now there are applications you can get that'll just do that for you automatically, but that's getting sort of into the fancier realm that we don't need to get into. No, okay. So whenever I use a microphone that I, if I plug a microphone into my iPhone, mm-hmm. I'm gonna need I'm gonna have an audio track and a video track. 
No, 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 not no, no. So okay. no, no, no. So, so it, two separate tracks is only if you record on two separate devices. Oh, okay. Oh, good. You're yeah. reassuring me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. So, so yeah, the, the two separate tracks is if you had the the, the little lapel mic okay. on the person going into an iPod Touch oh. in their pocket, and you were filming with your iPhone. So you you you're recording on two separate things. Okay, got it. But yeah, if if, if you've got it plugged into your iPhone and you're recording on your iPhone, it's all going into your iPhone. Okay, which is what. I'm going to do it because I want it all contained and as easy as possible. Yes, okay. but but I will say audio is really really important. Mm -hmm. um, and, because and we're saying that as we've been having problems with Skype recording this, <laughs> but yes. it's a bit choppy uh, at times. But oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, actually, I was I was on an episode of Twip um, about a year ago, and I, I remember saying on that particular episode that I was an audio snob and audio was very important to me. And what the hosts didn't know was I was recording that in the downstairs room at my parents' place in New Zealand because we were traveling. And so I had like a little mobile kit, nothing was going right. And I listened and I didn't know that on the other end, I sounded terrible. So, <laughs> so here I am saying I'm an audio snob and my audio was awful on that show. So who am I to talk? Yeah, that's funny because here we're using good microphones. It's just that Skype is not cooperating today. So, uh, but it's, it sounds better now than at the beginning of the show. So we're good. Okay. So, um, keep going. We were talking about audio, um, the quality of audio. Yes. Yeah. So, so quality. And the reason why I say that is because I've like, I, I believe you can have, I say video is 60% audio because uh -huh. you can have the most beautiful footage, but if the audio is really, really bad, people won't be interested. And if you have sort of okay footage, but the audio is good, people will still watch it. Okay. So, so, so I, I do think audio is very important. Oh yeah. Um, getting, getting, just getting a little bit back to the editing. The other thing that I would say is generally you don't want to record for too long. Like if you think about it, most things that you watch, like if you're watching people having a conversation, it's different, but if you're just watching a scene of things happening and you're watching different angles of it, if you think about it, normally you're only going to see 10, maybe 20 seconds per angle. Mm -hmm. So like a video clip, like, like for, for the people listening, if you go and watch that thing that I did at the, at the Fuji photo walk, um, most of the shots that I did were only five to 10 seconds, not even that. Okay. And, and you can, and you can glue all of those together. So don't, don't worry about, Oh, you know, I've got to hold the camera for, you know, 10 minutes here just to get what's happening. Um, I mean, if it's a song or something that you want to record, obviously, yes. But you could, you know, just get a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there and glue it all together later. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's it's like everything else. Even, you know, if you do video clips, keep them short. People's attention is so short these days. Oh. And we're so used to just bites of information that last just under three minutes. And that's I think that's that's what works. I mean, honestly, if I open a YouTube tutorial and I see that it's 10 minutes or more, I'm probably, I probably won't watch it. Yeah. And particularly like, like if, if you're doing like a highlights reel of something, mm -hmm. one to three minutes max. Yeah. Because yeah, as you say, people just get bored. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, I've noticed, I mean, myself, it's like my, I'm, well, I have so little time that if I need, I'll look through different videos for if I want to learn something quick or and i say okay i'll, I'll watch the shortest one <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah now, so any uh, any other any other tips you want to want to share for any um 
like uh, yes. uh, videography for dummies? <laughs> um, yeah, my, my, my absolute worst pet peeve, and, and my wife will, she, 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 yeah, she'll she, she roll her eyes at this. Um, for the love of all that is good and pure in the world, never shoot video in portrait mode, always shoot in landscape. Okay. Now, now I'm I am being a bit facetious there because if you want to shoot in portrait and people are only ever going to watch us on a on a smartphone or something like that, I don't like it. But you can do it. There's you know there's no law against it, even though I think there should be. Like, but my logic is if you think about it, how many people have their TV on their wall in portrait mode? <laughs> a good point. <laughs> That would be how funny, many, actually. Yeah. How, how, how many cinemas have you gone to where the screen is in portrait mode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know when you watch the news and they've got you know, eyewitness footage and they've got to have the blurry bits on the side? That's because the person shot it on a smartphone in portrait mode. And every time that happens, I lose some hair. <laughs> so, but okay. Now we have the option to do those live video on... on um, Facebook, okay, yes. where people will type in questions. But that you can only do actually in portrait mode, otherwise you won't be able to read the questions or you, as you're doing video, as you're recording, right? Yes, but it doesn't make it right. <laughs> but that's the only way to do it, right? Just, yeah, it, just let me know because if I, I may start doing that where I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to be live, you know, ask me questions. I just don't want to be a total idiot by putting it in the wrong mode. Oh no, no no look not look I'm I, I'm being you know I'm being a bit up myself here because it's you know whatever works for you that works for you I'm I'm pretty sure I, I haven't done Facebook Live myself but I've I've seen quite a lot of them and all the ones I've seen have been in landscape so huh. um, I, I assume you can I I don't know about that yeah because you have to still be able to watch uh, read questions. the questions. It might be different on mobile. Like I know Periscope, I think you have to do in, in portrait, which makes me angry. Okay. And like, like to give you an example, I've gone up to people in the street. And told and, them to switch and, on. And told them, told them to switch it in, in a very nice way. And I always explain to them, you know, I, you know, I say to them, how many, how, you know, what is your TV on the screen like this? Or is it on the screen like that? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and they probably walk away going, who was that weirdo? Um, <laughs> I was I was sitting next to my my sister in law and she was filming something and I just gave her this look and she was like oh sorry okay no <laughs> what's well, just you know knows. as a photographer it just drives me crazy when I see people you know taking pictures of little children or dogs and they're standing up you know shooting at eye level it's like you know what. Well, can't you just yeah, get or, down to the ground yeah well, my favorite when you see all those people in in the standard sporting event using their flash yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Well, because they probably don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, um, last last bit of advice. Um, last bit of advice: go out and shoot stuff and edit it and play. Because the the best way to learn is just to do it. That's so true. And, and, and yeah, don't be don't be don't be afraid. Yeah, at some point, none of us. I've got a one year old, so I'm learning this all. At one point, none of us knew how to walk. <laughs> And we worked it out. So n nothing scary. You'll work it out. Have some fun along the way. Give it a go. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I may just do that. I'm heading on vacation and I want to to play with my with my phone and, and try some video. So, um, so iMovie, 
Um, I know there are other things. I know I was just, um, I traveled with Karen Hutton and she did a lot of video clips with her phone that she edited on the spot and then just they were on YouTube right away. And she was using other, um, something that seemed really easy to, and I can't remember, but another editing um, app on her iPhone that seemed really good. So I'm sure there are tons of options out there, but yeah, just go for something easy and intuitive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's um, there's there's Pinnacle Pro, mm-hmm. which um is made by a company called Avid, which or it used to be Avid, which was they're they're like really really high end um editors. A, a really great app also for shooting stuff on your phone. Um, Filmic Pro, uh, Film IC Pro, um, that's a really good one. Um, it's, it's got some really cool features and sort of like more advanced stuff if you want to get a bit more advanced with your with your smartphone. Um, and Android's got lots of really cool stuff that you can get. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not everybody shoots iPhone. Um, so true. Actually, in my family, I'm, uh, it's 50-50. So. Oh, how, how do you live with the shame? <laughs> you know, it's actually, I could not, I, I mean, I try. Like, I, I can barely answer uh, an Android phone. Like, if I... If it's sitting on the counter and nobody's getting it, I'm like, oh, God, how do you work that thing? (laughs) (laughs) So I don't even want to know. But it's I kind of feel bad in a way that I'm so stuck, Yeah, you know, in the Apple world and that everything that's not Apple is so foreign to me. And now I have the Apple watch and I absolutely love it. I answer the phone on it. How cool is that? So so do I. So do I. I've done it. I've done it. Not not, not often. You know, I do. I actually, I was on a shoot. Um about a year ago and it was it was pouring with rain so i had my phone in a waterproof pocket and yeah and i got a call so i just sort of i will admit i used my nose to answer my watch and i was able to take the call real quick and go look i can't talk right now i'll talk to you later but there you go it was useful that's right yeah hey who who would have known i was going to get an apple watch within a year of release <laughs> and now I it's like have a, it. i have this huge tan line now i can't cannot <laughs> not wear it <laughs> I never wore a watch before, so that was really new for me. Awesome. Well, Lee, this was really fun. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure a few street photographers on Street Focus tuned out right away because they eh, have video. I don't want to learn this, but I don't think we can escape it. You know, at to, at some level, we're all going to have to to try it. So I figure add a little bit of information to get started. And now, see, you took the anxiety out of it today. I oh, feel I'm like okay, I can, I can try this and not freak out. <laughs> Cool and and have a look the um that that video actually that video from um from the Fuji thing will give you a good idea of of what you can do with with, with street video yeah. as mm-hmm. it were so you don't really have to change your style that much yeah um to, to to shoot video with what you do already if you do a lot of street stuff yeah and uh, as storytellers you know it's just a different way to tell a story and I think we need to explore different things so um that that's awesome thank you so Lee where can people go to find out more about your service services and if they're in uh, I know you have some online stuff too right yes so um, I actually I have a course on the uh, TWIP school um, for for getting a comprehensive introduction to Final Cut Pro which was was just on the five-day deal and now it's on the TWIP school Um, I also have my own show 
which by the time you hear this should be live, fingers crossed, called Motion and Sound, which is all about video and people wanting to learn more about video on the uh, TWIP network and um, also run workshops. So I don't know if this is going out before the 20th of July, but in case it is, um, if anyone's going to be in Perth, Western Australia, I'll be running two two-day workshops um, on introduction to video for photographers or anyone who's interested in learning. So, um, yeah, that's all of all, all information is on my website, which is capturingpassion.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for staying up late for me. Uh, it's always challenging to, <laughs> to do a, a recording with Australia, but uh, this, was, this was fun. And, yeah, I had um, a blast. Hope I'll see you soon. Cool. Thanks a lot, Valerie. Thank you. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show. And uh, don't forget to share the episode on social media. That helps a lot. My name is Valerie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera or that video or that video device, whatever it is, or the iPhone, and hit the streets. <laughs> <laughs>